and welcome to the Idea Dynamo podcast. I'm Samantha Pierce, the Idea Dynamo. And I talk about anything and everything that crosses my mind on this podcast. And today I've been thinking a lot about disability advocacy and the role of parent advocates, caregiver advocates, and the role of self-advocates. Now, a little bit of backstory. I was diagnosed as autistic as an adult uh, just a few years ago. And I also have autistic children. So I have a lot of experience being a parent advocate. And now I'm gaining experience being a self-advocate as well. And something that I have always found interesting and, and a little bit disappointing is how parent advocates and self-advocates are always butting heads when it comes to disability advocacy. One of the things that, that comes up a lot that I see coming up a lot is that there's this tension, this fight between who gets to speak for the disabled person. And parents oftentimes insist that they have to speak for their disabled child or their disabled loved one because that person can't speak for themselves. And there is an element of truth to that, that when you're dealing with someone who doesn't communicate verbally, their caregivers are often the ones who have to communicate what it is they might need in any given moment. Self-advocates insist that parents and caregivers can't really speak for disabled people because they're not disabled and living that disabled experience. And there is some truth to that as well in that not having that personal experience of disability from inside the disability that self-advocates have, it's a little bit, it's actually, it's kind of challenging, very challenging for parents and caregivers to fully understand what it's like to be disabled. We can kind of, we can gather some information from observing the people, the disabled people that we're caring for. We can gather information that way, but that intrinsic experience of living as a disabled person, you don't really get that unless you're living as a disabled person. So what does that mean for disability advocacy? Well, one of the things that I'm seeing that frankly is driving me up the wall are circular firing squads in the disability advocacy world. And what do I mean by that? By that, I mean that parents and self-advocates are pitting themselves against each other and butting heads. The way that this manifests in the autism autistic community is that division between autism and autistic communities. And there is this, this growing movement to divide up the, the, the collection of autistic people, the autistic community into the quote unquote high functioning autistic people who are assumed to not need as much support and services and the quote unquote severe autistic people, the people they used to call quote unquote low functioning who have higher support needs. Now, the way that the narrative goes is that the high functioning quote unquote autistic people are sucking all the air out of the room and drawing attention away from the severely autistic people. And here's the problem that I have with that. 
have both living in my house. And what I see is not that autistic self-advocates are sucking the air out of the room and ignoring people who have higher support needs. What I see and what I say and do is that the same disregard that people have for autistic people in general, it applies whether or not we appear high functioning or we appear low functioning. So from my perspective as both a parent advocate and now a self-advocate, we are fighting the wrong battle when, when parent advocates and self-advocates start to fight each other over who gets to speak for who, over who is more deserving of support and more deserving of resources. Because the honest fact is every disabled person is deserving of dignity, respect, and compassionate care, regardless of how other people view our disability. It doesn't matter if someone thinks, oh, you don't look all that disabled, you must not need support. That is not how that works. That is not how that works at all. There's this idea that someone has to look disabled enough to be deserving of support. No, that's not how that works. In the best world, the world that I'm working to create, your needs as a disabled person are met regardless of whether or not people can tell you're disabled, whether or not you look disabled by some subjective measure. In the world that I'm working to create, we don't make the distinction of how high functioning or low functioning someone is. We make the distinction of what kind of supports does this person need? And we don't need to have people fighting each other over who's more deserving of resources and who's more deserving of support. And one of the things that I am finding as I get to know more parents and caregivers of disabled children and disabled adults, what I'm finding oftentimes is that a big part of the job of an autistic self-advocate, of a disabled self-advocate, is to convince caregivers that their disabled loved ones are capable of more than they realize. I think sometimes caregivers, parents, we get consumed with our, our own thoughts and our own emotions and how we feel about things begins to drive our actions rather than what is true about the disabled person in our care. And the worries and cares that we have in caring for our disabled loved ones tend to color and cloud how we see our disabled loved ones. And this is really unfortunate because if I had to point out to someone not too long ago, living a disabled life is not necessarily bad or miserable. Living a disabled life can actually be pretty good depending on the quality of the care that they're receiving and the quality of the people giving that care. 
if you as a caregiver are loving the disabled person under your care, if you are showing them respect, if you are protecting their human dignity, what's a pretty good position to be in as a disabled person? Having someone who stands with you, who cares for you, who loves you, and who lets you know that you are loved in ways that are meaningful to you. And a lot of parents and caregivers are doing that. And they don't give themselves enough credit for the fact that they care so deeply about their disabled loved ones. And that that very act of caring is what makes a disabled person's life better because you have someone caring for you and fighting for you. And I think something else that self-advocates really don't seem to grasp is that family members, caregivers, they are doing their best. And what we need more than anything else is someone to come alongside us and help us continue to do our level best. So when I see parent advocates and self-advocates starting to fight each other, this happens a lot on social media, you know, folks can't pass up a good argument. <laughs> I step in and I remind them, we want the same things. We want the needs of our disabled loved ones, our disabled friends met. We don't want them to be an afterthought in a decision-making process. We want them to be represented in the decision-making processes that affect their lives. We want to be careful about making sure that we understand what they need, what they want. We want to be careful that we are not pushing our needs under the guise of fighting for their needs. Parent advocates, caregiver advocates, and self-advocates, we want the right resources and the right support available for people with disabilities. We want to be able to be at ease knowing that the disabled people that we love and care for are treated with respect. We wanna know that their human dignity is respected. We want to make sure that no one is abused or taken advantage of because of their disability. I think we can all agree, yes, that that's a good thing, making sure that disabled people are not abused and taken advantage of. This is even more important now that we are living in the coronavirus era, we're living through the pandemic, and we're hearing reports that, that all along, people with disabilities have been denied care because of assumptions about the, their value and the worth of their lives. And I think parent advocates and self-advocates can all agree that that is not how we should function as a society. And so this, this the building on, on, on common ground of the things that we all want for ourselves and for our disabled loved ones, that's a pretty good place to start in learning how to work together 
there is no reason, no reason at all for parent advocates and self-advocates to be fighting each other. That's just a waste of energy. We are not each other's enemy. And I stand in the middle of this as the person with a disability, as a parent of people with disabilities, watching these two groups fight each other over and over and over again. And it's such a waste of energy and it drives me up the wall. When I advocate for people with disabilities, I'm not advocating for just one type of person with a disability. I'm not, I'm not advocating for just one type of autistic person. I'm advocating for all autistic people. Why? Because we are all more marginalized. We all have our needs <laughs> discounted. We all have the experience of people not listening to us when we tell them what we need, whether we use words or behavior, because a significant part of human communication is behavior. It's not just the words. <clears throat> so it's really important for people to learn how to read behavior, especially when you're dealing with people with disabilities. Okay, stop thinking that using words is the only way to communicate. Yes, I know I'm using the spoken word right now to communicate with you. But if you have someone in your life who does not use spoken words to communicate, learn to read their body language. Those of you listening, you can't see my body language. You'd probably get a, a much deeper, richer understanding of what I'm saying were you able to see my body language right now? So I got to bring myself back from that tangent. What I'm talking about here is learning how to talk to people who have a different perspective from you and learning how to stand on common ground and build together a kind of world where everyone has their intrinsic value nurtured, respected, and honored, where each of us receives the kind of support and care that we need, and where we don't have to fight each other like we're in the Hunger Games to get limited resources. There seems to be a belief that if someone with a disability is getting resources and support than someone else with a disability has to go without. That's not how that works. And to be honest, in a society that is careful and deliberate and thoughtful about making sure that they meet the needs of people who are living with challenges, that's a society that is able, capable of supporting and caring for every member of the society because it has learned how to recognize the intrinsic value of all the human members of that society. So to bring it back to my original point, we don't need to be engaging in circular firing squads as we advocate for our disabled selves and our disabled loved ones. We are not each other's enemy. If anything, the real enemy 
is the lack of respect for human life, the lack of appreciation for the humanity of disabled people. And that is something that can trip you up, whether you are a self-advocate, a parent advocate, or someone who hasn't got a clue about disability. But my message is to stop and think. Think about how to talk to people who have a different perspective from you. Think about how to talk to people who have a different experience from you. The most important part of talking to people who are different from you is listening. You gotta listen to find out what they really believe, what people really value. You cannot go into, into a conversation assuming that you know everything there is to know about the person, assuming that you know their values, assuming that you know what's important to them. Making those kinds of assumptions will get you in trouble every single time. What is important in, in learning how to interact and communicate with people who have different ideas is to listen to find out what those ideas really are. And once you've listened and you think you've got a good handle on it, you restate <laughs> what the person is saying to make sure that you got it right in the first place. Because either they're gonna say, yes, that's it. That's exactly what I mean. That's what I believe. Or they're gonna say, no, you didn't quite get it right. Let's go over this part again. And then you reciprocate and work and do the process over again. So again, my message is that we don't need to fight each other as we advocate for the rights of people with disabilities. Whether we advocate as parents and caregivers or we advocate as disabled people. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Idea Dynamo. I'm your host, The Idea Dynamo herself, Samantha Pierce, that mouthy autistic woman raising autistic children who is looking at the world from this unique perspective and saying, you know what? We don't have to keep doing things the way we've been doing them. We can come up with some new ideas and try some new things and see what works. Tune in next time to hear what else is popping into my head and what else I'm thinking about and talking about.